When it comes to bonding with your grandchildren, creating meaningful and lasting experiences for them, there's a multitude of ways of doing that. You can bond through play, through just spending quality time. You can bond through prayer. But to me, there is no more important and meaningful activity to bond with your grandchildren or children or nieces or nephews than reading. That's it, reading to them. So in today's inaugural episode, we're going to talk about that. Why is reading so fundamental in the development of your grandchildren and that quality time that you're going to spend with them? I've got a few guests lined up for this episode. We're going to talk about some of the research behind reading and what it does cognitively, emotionally for your children. We're going to talk about some of our favorite books. And as an added bonus, we're going to talk about some cool tech tools to make reading even more enjoyable for you and your grandchildren. And it all happens in this episode of The Grand Podcast. Now, while I am a former classroom teacher and I loved reading to my grandchildren and loved reading to my children when they were younger, I am by no means an expert in this field. So I wanted to bring someone on for episode one as my guest, and I could think of no one better than the lady I've got with me today. I consider her a friend. She is a colleague. We have worked in the same school district for many, many years. She is a grandmother to three beautiful grandchildren. She is a former middle school and high school English language arts teacher, and she is a current school librarian. Please welcome to the Grand Podcast, Mrs. Katie McNutt. Hello, Katie. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate the so opportunity. I did say that you are the grandmother to three beautiful grandchildren. I want to give them a shout out here. Oh, yes. I absolutely want to give a shout out to my Emma, to my Lottie, and of course, my youngest, Millie. And Millie is fairly new. She is just over eight months old. So my grandgirls are four, one and a half, and eight months. Um, the perfect time for Gigi to have lots of fun and um, get them in as much trouble as possible. <laughs> and we're going to bring that up in a, in a future episode. Uh, it's all in a name. Uh, you go by Gigi. I am Gigi. Your That's husband John goes by Papa John. Papa John. Um, Gigi stands for Ginger Granny because, well, I'm a redhead. So <laughs> now my wife is Gigi as well. Oh, she is says she? it stands for Gorgeous Grandma. I, I like that too. Gorgeous, um, gorgeous ginger grandma. I didn't get a choice. My children informed me. So now I also hear no matter what you call yourself, it all depends what comes out of their mouth when they start speaking. Absolutely. There is no wrong when it comes to our grandchildren. It's a great concept. And I know you're already starting to learn that now. You're just getting to that point where they're starting to I'm, be a little I'm, more verbal. I'm like a little baby grandpa. <laughs> but I'm getting I'm getting there. I love every every minute of it. So thanks for being here, Katie, our first episode of the Grand Podcast. Um, even though it's called the Grand Podcast, it's all about being a grandparent, being a parent. And, and we're talking today about reading. And um, listeners, I went to Katie last week and I said, I've got this idea for my first podcast. And I just saw her eyes light up because she had all these ideas and, and uh, research and stuff behind reading and what it does. Let's start with the, um, the cognitive effects of reading to a child, whether you're grandpa, grandma, aunt, uncle. Uh, I know it does a lot to, to, to get them those little brain synapses firing and getting them developing. And, you know, for those aren't, that aren't familiar with that, those synapses are like little bridges that they're building in their brain from one piece to another. And as our kids learn language, 
they build those synaptic connections. And actually, as they continue to learn all throughout their lives, they're building synaptic connections, different bridges to get to different information within the brain. And we know that as young children, they are very rich. Um, those connections are just, it's like they're in hyperactive mode. Uh, constantly building them as much as possible. And so one of the really cool things, and um, it's one of the things I studied as a middle and high school teacher, is that there are actually studies out there now. Um, there's a book called Aging with Grace that talked about how we can actually predict uh, with some, in fact, it had done a study on um, the nuns of Notre Dame and it's looked at their brains and how they did, but they actually looked at their language acquisition and they looked at their language complexity. And they found that by the time that they were teenagers, they could actually predict, even in twins, whether they would show the tangles of Alzheimer's and have all hmm. of the problems later on. And they found with some twins that, that their brains, because they had donated these later, would show the tangles, but they think because of synapse, can't even get it out now. Your, your synapses aren't working right now. Thank you. <laughs> um, because of all those additional connections, that what happened is whenever they hit a tangle, that their brain would still find a way to get to the information. So they had all those extra, you know, it's kind of like being in San Antonio. We all know that when we hit a, hit a roadblock, one of the things you're doing is you're trying to, you know, use ways or you're trying to use uh, Google Maps and you're trying to figure out a way around it. It's the same thing in their brain. And so it's a really cool concept to think that we as grandparents and, and even parents, that we can impact it that early by just reading to these kids. We, we are physically altering Absolutely. The, the mechanics of the brain by you doing know, this. Not only are we getting the really cool stuff of just having that great bonding time and getting to spend time with them, but we're actually, you know, giving them that gift that later on that they may have some protection against some of these things that that we worry about. And um, I think that's just a really neat thing to to learn about. It's one of those that's things I'm always researching. I, I've seen a lot of research on reading. I've not seen that. That's incredible. The, the other thing that I'd seen, Katie, is, is and you've probably heard this, and, and it kind of depends on which study you read, that if you read one book a day to a child, by the time they enter grade school, they will have heard like a quarter million more words than someone who was not read to. Um, I, there, there was a 2019 study that was actually published on that. And they said that kids that are read to every day are exposed to around 78,000 words each year. Over five years, that's 1.4 million words wow. that are actually heard during story time. So by the time that they're, you know, five years old, they've heard all of these words. And even later on, we find that that impact as their school age becomes important because you know, that's one of the things I look forward to. So I don't, just because my Emma is becoming pre-K and school age, I don't want to stop that opportunity to read with her or to hear what she's reading or just to have that time. Because one of the things that we're seeing is that um, 20 minutes a day for a kid to be reading is actually, as they get older, is 1,800,000 words a year. And those kids actually are starting, we're starting to see that it impacts their scores on standardized tests and that they end up being in the top 90th percentile. Now, standardized tests, I don't think are right. the end all, but it's still a very interesting thing to think that this one love that we can instill in them at such a young age can have such a huge impact over the entirety of their lifetime, not just in those precious minutes that we get to spend with them. Yeah. And, and so it, it, you're getting a, kind of a two for one here. You're helping them uh, cognitively, intellectually, but there's also that bonding and then just sitting with your grandchild in the lap. And, and right now, 
Braden will listen to me read a story. He kind of tries to play with the pages and stuff. But I know just even though he may not understand what we're talking about or, or know that it is a book, we're starting to build that habit in him of sitting on our lap, listening to the words, seeing the pages turn. And I think sooner or later, he's going to really look forward oh, to that reading time. You know, having that opportunity to model. And and as a you know that in our field, that often we don't have as many male or models. field of education. Oh, yeah, field of education. That we don't have any as many male models as we can. And I know that a lot of fathers out there and a lot of grandfathers have really stepped up in that world. And it's amazing how our kids will, they see, grand, they see their grandfather doing it. They see their dad doing it. And so they pick it up. They may be picking up a Sports Illustrated or the newspaper or whatever, but they're still building that habit and that love of reading. They see it's important to their parent or grandparent. And, you know, that builds something in them that that we can't do necessarily in a classroom. Yeah. And you, so. we see that all the time in education. Those kids that just devour books that just love to read you in your in your library as, as media specialist, you know, which kids are in there just because they love the, the written word and like and it, it could eventually turn them into writers and, and oh, other absolutely. things as well. And we know that that whole literacy, that it all impacts. I mean, it's a continuum, the reading and writing and even the oral language continuum, you know, for kids to understand how our language works and to hear the rhyme and and the emphasis and how one word may be said one way, but it means something else if you hear this intonation. You know, all those are the little lessons that are going into just simply sitting on your lap and reading. Yeah. And that's a really cool um, I like that the two match. Yes, of course, we're going to talk about kids' books and our favorite books in, in just a bit. Um, but it, it doesn't really matter what you're reading, no. that you're reading and they're hearing that voice. And, and, and that, you know, gives them that chance to connect with their outside world. What's what's outside the four walls and to have that um, that introduction to emotion and to empathy. You know, there's so many things that kids learn just through experiencing it in a story. Yeah. And um so speaking of stories, one, one of the things I wanted to share with our listeners, maybe some of our favorite, as we are, you are a seasoned grandparent, I mean, you grand, grandpa, uh, favorite books, uh, and I, I'm, I go back to my days of reading to my children, um, but you've got a few favorites. We talked about this a little earlier as we were prepping. Um, let's just banter back and forth. You take one, I'll take one. Uh, well, I have to tell you, my one of my current favorites, and I, I have a couple, I have, I have, a, I have an old standby. Um, and I'm going to start with it. My old standby is called the Baby Bobble Storybook. It is a cardboard version of a storybook for children. And I love it because it's really meant for babies and toddlers to not only handle, but it's also made as one page little real quick interaction with their parent or with their or with their grandparent. And even better, it has like every line has something for the kid to do. So, you know, if you're talking about everything was dark you have them close their eyes and have them and look at the dark. And then the next piece of it is, and then you're looking at the sun and the moon, and the stars to open your eyes and see the light. So it has them being interactive like with a, the like text. A, like a book study for children. Absolutely. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's such a cool thing because that's what we want kids to do. Because if they're interacting with that text, it means that they're understanding it and they're starting to see that it goes beyond just the page. And so I love, I love this. This is one of my favorites. It's the one that Baby Bible. Storybook. Storybook. And we're going to put the uh, some links to some of these books in the show notes. So look for that. Uh, I will start with my favorite. I'm kind of cheating here. I, I asked you to bring three titles and I'm bringing a title and it is Brown Bear, Brown Bear by Eric Carl. But 
I say I'm cheating because anything by Eric Carl is wonderful. Is wonderful. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, picture book. Eric Carl's. Uh, he does his own illustrations. Does he not? Okay. Yes. So, so the books themselves are they're beautiful. Uh, he's got a slew of them. Um, but Brown Bear, Brown Bear was always one of my favorites. Um, very repetitive. Brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? I see a blue horse looking at me. Blue horse, blue horse, what do you see? So um, I've actually got a little clip, and we're going to take a quick listen. Uh, I read it so often that my daughter memorized it before she could even read uh, and could read it aloud, pretending to read. Let's take a listen to Ariana. Brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? I see a red bull. You see that me? Red bull, red bull, what do you see? So you see, that's one of the reasons I just, I love Eric Carl's books. They're all kind of that same genre. So there's mine. Back to you. Well, I'm going to tell you, I have a new favorite. This was all as a result of my daughter who has Millie when she was pregnant with Millie. Uh, Valerie told me, she said, mom, you've got to hear it. Uh, the Scottish grandmother on online, she said she is reading the wonky donkey. And I thought, okay, well, she sends me the video of this woman reading. And it was just hilarious. Uh, she was laughing. She had her grandchild on her lap. And she was going, and I have to tell you, I'm, I'm going to read just a little piece of it. But I can't hardly write. I, I definitely can't read it with my granddaughters without laughing. And they think it's the funniest thing. Now, the one and a half year old Lottie thinks that she needs to be trying to tickle me while Gigi's trying to read this as well. <laughs> but in the four year old, she's trying to say it with me. So it's it's a lot of just fun. Um, and part of it is I was walking down the road and I saw a donkey. Hee-haw. He only had three legs, one eye. And he liked to listen to country music. He was quite tall and slim. He smelt really, really bad. And that morning he had gotten up early and he hadn't had any coffee. He was a cranky, stinky, dinky, lanky, honky, tonky, winky, wonky, donkey. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on from there and it keeps just adding. And so it's, it's, it's very repetitive as well, but you're adding something every time, which is really good for that memory and all. And of course, just trying to keep all the winky wonky donkey <laughs> and, 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 and i can tell you were holding back i bet with the grandchildren you really let go with that book um oh yes i i might we we don't need that on video <laughs> <laughs> and that reminds me of one of my other favorite books and i haven't read this to my grandchildren i actually read it at the elementary school it's a book by bj novak called the book with no pictures um bj novak then the name may sound familiar he's one of the actors in the office i forget the character he plays in the office but he's an actor came out with his book called the book with no pictures um and the premise is it truly has no pictures it is not a picture book it's just words and as you're reading this to the children and it works really good with kinder first grade the, that kind of audience um you tell them the book you just read it word for word but in the book it says you know, when, when a book has no pictures, you just read it word for word. And the person reading the book has to read every word in the book, no matter what. That's the rule. That's the way books work. And then you turn the page and it says, even if it makes you say silly things like wonk and hickety-bickety-bockety and it's just all these nonsense words. And at first the children kind of look at you funny and then they start laughing and laughing and laughing. And my favorite uh, one is, uh, my best friend in the world is a hippopotamus named Boo Boo Butt. You read that line out loud, the kids lose it. Um, and so that, <laughs> I can't now, help but laugh. <laughs> I see kids at the elementary school now. They're like, come read the book again. Come read the book again. Oh, I can bet that's one that they want to hear over and over and over again. They do. What else you got? Um, well, my other one is because 
Well, my granddaughters know that Gigi has three goats, uh, the powder puff girls, as they're called. And so we love all books about goats. So one of the other favorites in our house is a goatee locks <laughs> and the three bears. And yes, it is happily has a goat on the front. And goatee locks is doing all the things that, of course, the traditional Goldilocks would do. Um, and the kids love it. It's real simplified. It's a lot of fun. But of course, like anything else, they like to help try to figure it out. So we always do the pieces when, you know, and then with the contented sigh, Goatee Locks fell asleep. And of course, my girls have to all snore at that moment <laughs> because that makes it so much more fun. And so we like to do it very interactive. You know, if the bed was too lumpy and they're, you know, moving around and doing all the motions that go with it, because sometimes it's about as much the motions as it is you know, the extra piece, or of course, later on, there's, there's that wonderful thing like burping, which I'm sure their mother is loving me for, for talking about because they eat, they, they eat it in the end and there's a big burp. And of course, you they, know, they all have to burp. For, absolutely. For they have to burp. For Gigi. <laughs> we do talk about how that's not appropriate at the table and that's going to get them in trouble with their mother, but for the story, it's okay. But what a great book that you have goats and they love to hear the, oh, the yes. story about goats. Uh, last book I will share, fairly new, I think, I don't know when it came out, Dinosaurs Love Tacos. Have you seen that one? I have seen that it's, one. It, I almost brought it. <laughs> it is a great book. I just love reading it. Uh, uh, you know, I think it's the only book I've ever seen has mentions tacos, crispy tacos, big tacos, little tacos. But little known fact, dinosaurs do not like salsa. Apparently, dinosaurs are, are very um, uh, against spicy food. So it's just a fun read. It's, a, it's silly and, and, and fun to read. Dinosaurs love tacos. And for those of you who do not realize that we are in San Antonio, tacos are life here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yes, so. there is. Well, Katie, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Um, I I enjoy getting to see your grandchildren and all the stories about them online. I, I post a few pictures every now and then. Just just, just a few. <laughs> <laughs> we're all guilty. That's what happens when we when we become grandparents. It's a great concept. So well, we hope you've enjoyed listening to uh, Katie and I talks. Stay tuned for a few extra freebies from uh, colleagues of mine that are going to share some great digital tools to use with reading. Thanks again, Katie. Thank you. Well, I promised you a bonus, and this is your bonus. This is some tech tools that you can use as you are bonding with your children in reading. And I have two of my favorite technology people in the whole wide world with me today. Hey. We will start with Hi. Mr. Tobler. Hello. And you are? Wasey Tobler. <laughs> I am uh, one of the secondary, or I am the secondary digital learning coach here at Fort Sam Houston ISD. Awesome. And we also have with us? I'm Janine Freeman, and I am the elementary digital learning coach. And while we all wholeheartedly agree that uh, reading directly to your child is the best way, or grandchildren or niece or nephew is the best way to bond with them, there are also some really cool tech tools that you can use to enhance the reading experience. Uh, Wacy, you've got uh, one that's also one of my favorites. Why don't you tell our listeners about Novel Effect? Yeah, Novel Effect, E-F-F-E-C-K-E-C-T, wow. Um, that is a, an app that you can download that's got a bunch of um, preloaded sounds and sound effects that go along with uh, some really popular children's books. Um, one that we like to use a lot is Giraffes Can't Dance, which is actually my daughter's one of my daughter's favorite books. And so while you are reading that book and when you activate the app, 
it listens along with you and then it plays the sound effects um, or music or any kind of uh, atmospheric effect to go along with the reading to just kind of give that reading a more of a three-dimensional uh, feel to it. And so while it does kind of take away from the enjoyment, if you're a sound effects person, you know, if you're reading to them on your own, it is kind of cool to have that running in the background and, and get to see the reaction on their faces when they when they have that. Awesome. Novel effects, iOS and Android, correct? Correct. Fantastic. Janine, you've got one that kind of takes the reader out of the picture, but I still think is an incredibly powerful tool and lots of fun to play with. Yeah, I agree. This one is called Vooks. It is V-O-O-K-S. And that V is for video. So these are video books that um, you can access through a website or you can access through your uh, cell phone on an Android or iOS device. And um, it plays, you select from a list of books. It plays a video. It animates the drawings that are actually on the pages, reads the story out loud, plays music along with it. And as it's reading the words, it highlights them or bolds them as it's going through so the kids can follow along. Um, really, really like this app. It, it does cost money, um, but if you are an educator, then you can uh, search for uh, teacher appreciation with books and you can sign up for a year's free subscription. Awesome. That is Vooks, V-O-O-K-S. We're going to have links in the show notes for both of these apps. One last thing I want to talk about, guys, in technology is we can't always be there. I am blessed that both of my grandchildren are here in San Antonio, just minutes away from me. Um, but some grandparents or niece or aunts, uncles uh, may not be in town with them. Uh, what kind of technology tools could they use to kind of overcome that distance and still read to the kids? What, Janine, you've, you've got nieces and nephews in the Austin area. I do. And I Nini have, reads to them all the time. I, I am Aunt Nini, and I read to them all the time. I have uh, two nephews and two nieces in Round Rock, Texas, and I live here in San Antonio. And I get up there as often as I can, but um, we do frequently use uh, video conferencing through our phones or iPads using FaceTime if we're on an iOS device. Um, but I don't, I didn't own an iOS device for a long time and my sister doesn't have one. And so we also use Google Duo, which is uh, D-U-O. And that you can actually access from an iOS device or an Android device. And you can do group calls or one-on-one -on -one calls uh, where you can see their faces, you can read to them. I can put it up on my iPad or computer and show them the book as I'm reading it to them. And uh, it, it allows me to kind of be there without actually being there. Awesome. We had to love technology for that. Uh, earlier in the podcast, when I was interviewing Ms. Mikna, we talked about our favorite kids' books. So uh, you get one shot, Wacy, favorite children's book to read to your beautiful Olivia. Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say that right now she is really into Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. I love that book. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's a fan favorite. Chewing gum us. in the hair and uh, <laughs> uh, moving to Australia. And moving to Australia, that. that's right. Awesome. Janine, what do you have? Uh, they vary constantly, and because they're all different ages, well, they like all different kinds of books. Uh, believe it or not, my five-year-old nephew is really into the boxcar children, mm. and he gets them on Audible, and he asks Alexa to play them for him at night, and he listens to them, and he can tell you all about the book. So that's that's a really big favorite of his right now. Uh, my, of course, Grandma has the entire boxcar collection, so when he comes to Grandma's house, he checks out books from her library. 
Um, but I also really love for uh, picture books right now, we're really into the day the crayons quit. Ooh. You actually came dressed as a crayon. I did. On Halloween. <laughs> I did. So, guys, thanks so much for joining me on this podcast. We look forward to having you back for future podcasts here on The Grand Podcast. Well, that's it for episode one of The Grand Podcast. I want to thank my guest, Katie, Wacy, and Janine. Really appreciate you being with me today. If you've got feedback from today's podcast, maybe you have your favorite books that you'd like to share with us, or maybe some memories of being read to by your grandparents, please give us that feedback. If you're listening on the Anchor.fm platform, there is a way for you to leave me a voice message. There's a link there. You just press the button and record your voice. You can shoot me an email at thegrandpodcast at gmail.com. And I've also created a Facebook page, facebook.com slash thegrandpodcast. Thanks for listening. Enjoy those precious grandchildren. And we will see you next time on The Grand Podcast. <laughs>